One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Want support? Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with Johnny Dana and Tom. We're the Borough podcast that gives you all your master chatter in a podcast. And today we've got a very special guest of us. Um, he's an Egyptian international. He's played over 360 games professionally at Port Vale, Chesterfield, Wigan and Barnsley. And of course, at the Borough as well. He's our Egyptian king. It's of course Sam Morsey. Sam, how are you doing? Well, uh, welcome to the Borough Breakdown podcast. How was the injury? Um, all going good. Expected to return on time. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, injury's good, fully fit now. So just rebuilding, getting strong and ready for preseason. Yeah, good. I mean, there's there's uh, internationals in September. Um, and, and funny enough, uh, I didn't actually know this until I was doing my research. Like, you actually played in the World Cup um, in, in 2018, managed to make an appearance in Russia. It's a very proud moment, I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah, no, it was amazing, to be honest. It was... Um... It come about. It was an interesting one, really, because I'd I'd been with the national team for a couple of years, mm. and um, just as Gareth Southgate, he's selected his squad, but he's going to cut that down, isn't he? So yeah. when I was in, where was we? we was in Italy. Um, there was a last game against Colombia, and I was told there's always like inside information, isn't there? Who's going? Who's staying? And it was that a mean another player. And the other player, he played against Qatar in the first friendly and obviously Qatar, much weaker team than Colombia. And he played really well. So a few of my teammates said to me, look, you know, sorry to break it to you, but you're going home sort of thing. So I was like, Phew. so we play in Colombia and um, the manager was crazy on tactics. You know, an hour before the game, red arrows, green arrows, 100 arrows this way, 100 arrows that way. You know, going through every possible scenario. And uh, in the end, because I'm getting it translated to me from Arabic to English, well, from Spanish to Arabic to English, so it's completely lost in translation as well. So, so in the end, I'm in these meetings and I'm not even, you know, taking anything in. Um, and it was the last game. I, I just remember saying, Do you know what? I'm just going to play my own game today. I'm sick of the slow press here, half press here a quarter of a press there, don't press so to play my own game and ended up having a really good game. Um, and then after that game, I was in the squad. 
And then we've played Belgium, played really well. And then the assistant Pullman, he goes, oh, you know, we didn't know how good you was and and where's this player been for the last two years? And and really, it was just like, just playing my own game, really. Obviously not negating all tactics and whatever, but just, right, I'm going to play my own game. Because otherwise, it was just that confusing. And then, yeah, he's brought me on in the first game. Um, done well, was amazing experience. And then, unfortunately, because we didn't do well, he got sacked. I mean, have you had a chance to get a look in ever since? Is it, is it being quite difficult as the players that have come in, they've taken your place or do you feel quite confident getting back? Um, well, it's an Egyptian manager at the moment. So he opted to call up players more locally. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously calling up the top players in Europe, but he's limited that number. Um, but from what I'm hearing, he's, he's watching me, he's monitoring me, he's happy with me or whatever. So... I'm hopefully if I can have a good start to the season, then I can get yeah. back in that camp September. So I'm hopeful of doing this. Yeah, I mean it'd be it'd be great for you to to get back in, especially with the Euros coming in in this in not the Euros, the World Cup coming in in, in next summer as well. Um, but we wanted we, let's take you back, uh, Sam, and, and on this podcast with guests, we we take guests back to the very beginnings, you know, starting things off, um, playing youth development football and and making their way through with academy. And you started off at Wolves, right, and then made your way through to Portville. So how did you get into football and, and how would you become aware of those interests? Um, my brother was three years older than me. So growing up, wherever he went, I went. So when he was playing football at eight, nine, yeah. I was took along with him. My mom rolled a ball and he played with me. Um, and then he was at Wolves as well. And when he was under 10s, I was under 7s. So when he used to go to Wolves, I used to go with him. And then as soon as I was under 7s, I got signed by Wolves. And then I was there up until 16s. Um, there for a long time, really enjoyed it there, hometown club. Uh, and it, it was unfortunate, really, because it was one of those moments where, you know, you look back and reflect when I got released at 16 for the... I was really dedicated and loved football and whatever up until up until probably the scholarship year mm. where started going out, started using my older friend's ID, started whatever, completely just, <laughs> not love of football went, but some plays it happens at 19, 20, but mine happened quite early actually. So I started to do that. I didn't get a scholarship at Wolves and didn't deserve one to be honest. I remember that year, the academy director, Chris Evans, he kept inviting my family into the office, inviting me to the office saying, listen, you know how high regard we have for Sam, but come on and whatever. But I just didn't at the time have it within me. And he was like, so when I got released, he said, listen, you should change club. You should live somewhere else, you know, grow up a little bit, mature a little bit. And then that's when I went to Port Vale. Uh, that was under Mickey Adams. And that was certainly a maturing period in my life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when, when you said about maturity and did your mentality change in that time? Did you feel like you were becoming a lot more dedicated to your game? And when you actually did become, when you did eventually make your debut against Lincoln, how was that for you, um, your family and your friends? Did you, did you enjoy the experience? Yeah, it was one of those. I had to grow up really because, you know, mm. a lot of my friends got scholarships. Um, I probably should have got one. I was good enough to get one. I should have got one, but let myself down. I remember the family's there. Everyone's crying. And at that time, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? My mom's yeah. saying to me, you know, you have to think of a different job you're going to do and all that. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, like, in that one instance, you think, right, that's it, I'm not going to be a footballer now. So I went to Port Vale, 
obviously had to grow up. Probably still took me another good two, three years because, again, my mentality of went down to Port Vale thinking, oh, no, I'm from Wolves. This is going to be easy. I'm going to breeze it. And it wasn't the case. I actually found it more difficult there. And, again, big learning curve. But there was good guys there, good setup. They was always clamping down on me um, whenever I got ahead of myself. But slowly but surely, I matured a little bit slowly. Um, and then, yeah, made my debut and... That was an amazing moment, really. Just the first little taste of it to think, right, this is what it's all about. Yeah, when we spoke to to players in the past, um, we've we've got a sense of completed the game syndrome, and that completed the game syndrome is where like someone kind of goes, oh, is, is that it? Like it, it's kind of done. I've I've done it now. Like then they lose interest quite quickly. Was was that the case with you? Did you come across that as well? No, it it, it was because. Because of the Wolves thing, like mm. I was just so Wolves were a championship club at the time. This was before all the the foreign moves. Yeah, and my whole mentality was, I need to go back and play Wolves. So I need to get in the championship. I need to play against Wolves. That was like my driving force. So whatever was happening in my career, good, bad, or indifferent, that was my main focus. That sort of pain at sixteen of being released, had to move away from all my friends, had to whatever. Because um, Wolves as well, it's always been like a fantastically set up club. And obviously when you drop down to lead to Port Vale, like facilities wise, everything, you to a completely different world really. So this was like this sort of anger and uh, I use it as like a fuel to get to where I need to be. But yeah, that, that certainly was like on my mind a lot for a number of years. So it was always, that was the goal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you eventually did play them uh, in your in your career, but in terms of Port Vale, you started to play quite consecutive, quite a few consecutive games, make your way into the first team and become a first team regular. But towards the end, it started to to fizzle out, and the fans obviously did love you at that at the time. But why did your your time at Port Vale start to to fizzle out on on such a whimper when things were going so well? Yeah, it was um, Mickey Adams who was a manager. He gave me my debut. But he left for Sheffield United mid-season. Mm. So Jim Gannon's come in and he was he wanted to play young players. He wanted to play a certain style of football, which really suited me. Yeah. So he started to play me regularly. So I really enjoyed it, loved the football. But I got the benefits of it. But some of the older guys who <clears throat> you wanted them to do certain things, they started to go the other way. Um, and there was, it was like a disgruntled squad. Um, the squad didn't treat him well, to be honest, at all. He, but... The, the, the problem was Jim had his own ideas and not everyone adhered to him. Now, I loved him, um, really enjoyed it. And then I remember an interview I gave and I said this, I'm really thankful for Jim Gannon for giving me my opportunity. The previous manager didn't, blah, blah, blah. And then six months later, first day of pre-season, Mickey Adams back. <laughs> first thing I've seen him is when you, yeah, see you next Tuesday. I, I <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the debut. What are you talking about? And that was the only thing he said to me. So I was like, okay, wow. <laughs> really interesting preseason. So as it happened, we was on the verge of administration. So yeah. he couldn't bring anyone in. So I ended up starting that season. It was me and Chris Shuker, who was typically a wide man. And be, to be honest, I was playing because like we just had no one else. Do you know what I mean? He mm. wasn't. I wasn't doing great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're one of his favorite people in the world. Yeah. Let's say that. <laughs> it, it, was, it was me and Chris, you know, that was it. Um, so we've played, um, doing really well. I got sent off in December. 
and we was two nil up at the time and it was a 50-50 and I still remember it now like the lad sort of went in with his studs high so I've just went over the top two footy tackle straight red this was about like 70th minute so <laughs> you're going up and thinking oh, I hope we can hang on to this 2-1 2-2 managers raging you know he's a coward's tackle and publicly said oh, I was a coward's tackle and all this um, and then he never fully forgiven me, really. Mm. Never fully forgiven me. I was in and out. Then at the end of the season, I told him I wanted to move on. And he took that really personally. But I just said to him, you're not going to play me regularly. You don't trust me. Um, and then I moved from there. Yeah. Why did he take it so personally, by the way, when you said you wanted to leave? Um, I don't know, to be honest, because he he put me in and out and like a lot of managers, they like to trust older senior players. I understand that. As I've got older, I understand that more. So I don't know really, but he didn't take it well at all. Didn't take it well. I wanted to leave and whatever, but he let me go in the end. Yeah, well, you did move on to Chesterfield um, and, and Paul Cook, who is now the manager of Ipswich, was, was your gaffer and he's been your manager on, on two separate occasions at, at Wigan as well. So how has he influenced your career? Um, I'm assuming he didn't uh, call you a, a see you next Tuesday as well when uh, when he gave you your debut. <laughs> well, he's called me a few times, but in a different context. Uh, <laughs> he was brilliant, to be honest. He's been brilliant with me because where Mickey didn't quite trust me, this manager had full 100% faith in me. Um, within, I knew I was going to play every game. And obviously, in return, I'd make sure that every game I'm 100%. And also, you know, you manage your dressing room and outside influences and things like this. So it was that sort of relationship where he entrusted in me a lot and I tried my best to repay him as much as I can. Um, but he's had a huge impact on me. And again, love playing for him. Great style of play, attacking play, build up from the back. Um, really enjoyable. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, I, was, I was shocked he didn't get a good job this summer, to be honest. Mm. He seems to get in the final two for every job going. Um, but yeah, he's, he's at Ipswich now, but he had, he's had a great impact on me. Um, he was a midfielder himself for Wolves, a really good midfielder. So he's helped me a lot with my game and it was great to play under him. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember in that uh, when he was manager of Wigan and you, you were facing that points deduction and then you had that back end of the season where you were absolutely brilliant and you were just winning every single game. So how was the the culture at Wigan at that time? Because it was it it was a very weird, like a, a very weird scenario, really. Because you could kind of sense it was coming, but you were just doing everything you possibly could to overcome it. Yeah, it was. Um, we had a real togetherness at Wigan. To be fair, real togetherness. Um, there was lots of things going on behind closed doors, but the second half of the season, we had just a real good blend, a real good energy. We was going to every game like we was going to win it we had some emphatic wins typically the the whole one was that was an unbelievable game um, but just a closeness really it was just the whole sort of squad staff everyone come together and we just fought and worked really hard for us and in the end it wasn't to be we had to beat Fulham on the last day and we drew Cabana uh, hmm. actually scored a free kick yeah scored a really good free kick for Fulham but it, it was tough it was tough to take um I think just because, you know, usually at a points deduction, if you've cheated, don't you? If you've spent yeah. all your odds, if you've done whatever, but this wasn't the case. And it's still a mystery to why the owners bought the club and 
sold it within, well, not sold it, well, wanted to liquidate it within three weeks. It's still a mystery. No one knows why. And, and it, it was hard to take. Yeah, absolutely. I think with that in mind and, and they got relegated as well, how, how would, how would, what's your thoughts on Wigan at the moment? Because they seem to be in a very, in a very, very difficult place at the moment. Yeah, um, it, it was tough. It was tough to take, really, because we'd, we'd built something where probably this season the team could have been challenging. Um, it took yeah. a while players like Kiefer Moore and Jamal Lowe to get going, but once you got going, it was flying. So we was on to a really good thing. Um, they've just been taking over now, Wigan. Um, they're not going to be the club probably the once was. Um, but hopefully the owner invests and Lee Richardson's a manager now who's my assistant for a number of years is a good guy, um, a very good manager. So hopefully it's um, heading in the right direction. Perfect. Yeah, just, yeah moving on to your, your time at, at Borough then, how have you settled? Because obviously you joined in the middle of a, of a global pandemic, the small matter of global pandemic. So have you settled in well despite the restrictions? Yeah, I've enjoyed it to be fair. I've enjoyed my first season. Um, I come in and I was a little bit unwell and then when I started to probably be in my best form of the season, I got injured. And then probably the same things happened again. My best form <laughs> was injured again. So the only disappointing thing for me is really, a, it's probably the most I've been injured in my entire career. Um, first one was soft tissue, a hamstring. You can probably prevent that. But the second one, obviously, the knee injury, the, I couldn't really do much about it. Um but yeah, that, that's the only disappointment thing is having two injuries because I'm I'm pretty much never injured, but I've settled, I'm enjoying it. Um obviously missing the fans, haven't got to experience that yet, which is you know, which was a pull in joining the club, to be honest. Uh, the history of the club, the fan base. Um but other than that, settled well. Um it's a good set of lads, a good blend, and hopefully we can do something next season. Have you managed to see many sides of two sides yet? No, just <laughs> the soft plays, the gymnastics, just with the little one. <laughs> oh, you need to get yourself to red car for a sit or they do a crack in uh, 99 and a, a lemon top. If you want brain freeze, that is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I, I need to see then. But so so far, no, just, just places with a little one. Uh, been to a few beaches, different things like that, but not a chance to see probably really, which is a shame. Been to Durham a few times as well, but I'd definitely like to see it properly. Well, Hopefully things can start to get back to normal now. No, it's nothing like we're a town centre, Sam, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how would you assess the season just gone for you, Percy? I know you sort of spoke about it there, but you have been played a little bit further forward to what you used to. You know, Johnny Housen sort of took your, your holding mid position. But how has that sort of been for you, playing a little bit further forward in midfield? Um, well, throughout my career, really, my main role has always been to link defence to attack, get the ball from the back four or from the goalkeeper and, and that's been some of my biggest strengths but obviously with the different style of play you have to adapt um, so yeah playing in playing that more advanced one is to be honest it, sometimes it depends how the game goes like sometimes in the games because there are just so many second balls it's hard to it's moments, you know, it's hard to really dominate a game or control a game because that's not the style of play. So you're looking at different things like second balls or playing the ball early or trying to get an assist and things like that. So it's a, 
it's a complete different role. And obviously with, with the man for man system as well. Um, so it's a different role really, but he's just trying to do what the manager wants, try and help the team. And I think what we was doing for half a season was pretty effective. Um, I probably think injuries at certain times killed us. I don't think we had the depth, uh, but personally, okay. I think I can, well, I know I can give a lot more as well. Um, but for a first season, um, generally satisfied. You're one of our top assistants, to be fair, with five. And I think I was having a look, it's the most uh, assists that you've got in a, in a season in your career. So I think you've done pretty well considering. And we've seen players sort of play different roles in midfield and, and not really prospered in that. So I think you've you've done pretty well considering. But to sort of dig a little bit into that in those switch of positions, um, you sort of mentioned the difference there. How do you approach the game like I said, playing a little bit, you sort of, I guess, a little bit like a, an eight, you know, you're not playing in that number six. So how how is it to sort of approach the game playing a little bit further forward? No, it's it's a completely different mentality, really. Um, because when I was at Wigan, I was, I was particularly close with Anthony Barry. He's at Chelsea now, a coach, and his messages towards me before the game was, right, I want... I want 90 passes or 90 passes and we'd go through video analysis. This is where I want you receiving the ball, easy passing options, whatever. So you're always thinking, you're thinking that. Um, whereas in this system in the A, it, it's about obviously defensively not letting your man have an impact. And then it's about things like breaking to the box. Um, mm. I've had some good chances this season. So I think I should have probably scored a few more. Um but yeah, it's about advance. Can you get close to your front man? Like the the manager typically, he always what he's always wanted the target man, hasn't he? So mm-hmm. when we do go long, you can be on the second ball straight away. Um, so it's just things like that, really. A lot of it's a lot of it's second balls. Um, just making sure you're really reactive onto the second balls um, and just different areas of the pitch as well. When you're playing in the six, you're receiving the ball a lot deeper. Um, your passing options are different. The pitches are different. So it's just trying to trying to do that really and trying to obviously think about the game plan and where we can be effective and depending on what players we've got on the pitch, what what we can do. In an ideal world, would you prefer that number six role? Um, probably, yeah. I think that's my that's my natural position. Um, I think that's where I'm, I feel I feel best at. Um, and I think some games when he's played me and Johnny as a six is of like that, but I don't mind really as long as I'm playing that's the goal and if I'm playing to try and try and affect the game really like you said in moments in assists hopefully I get more assists next season but yeah it's moments really we're never going to really be a team which dominates a ball and you know you have 80 passes but in moments you have to affect the game yeah, and in terms of your game specifically, um, you have quite what I would say a passion fueled aggression um, to your play. Um, where does that come from? Because, you know, we've, we've spoken here for a little bit. You're very sort of down to earth and, and soft spoken, but on the picture, I think it all comes out, doesn't it? All that passion. So, where does that come from? I feel like a shit house is the best word to say, it, probably. <laughs> probably said that a lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's just a competitive streak, really. Um, just a competitive streak. Me and Tab always laugh about it because I say to him, no, it's a controlled aggression. And he, he, he doesn't think so, so we have a laugh about it. Um, but I, I think, no, I think, I don't know, it's like when I, even when I speak with friends or family members and like I say, like the last time I got 
red carded was must be must be about five years ago literally five six seasons ago obviously got red carded this season but rescinded same two years ago again rescinded so actual last legitimate red card was like six years ago and that was two yellow cards so I think sometimes people think you know he looks out of control or he's gonna get sent off or but I think that's a little bit of a myth, to be honest, because I, I feel anyway I'm in control. Uh, like even the, the Alan Brown incident. <laughs> you did well there, to be fair, Sam. You got, you got um, Alex Neal sent off as well. Yeah, but I mean, it, it was bizarre, really, because he's had a little niggle. I've had a little niggle with the arm, and then he's kicked out. And I, was, I just remember at the time going to the floor just thinking, like, why have you kicked out? You know, yeah, there was a little bit with the arm, but I wasn't, you know, elbowing him aggressively in the face. It was just a little whatever. Um, and then subsequently, I got brought off at half time that game, and I was just a bit, well, I was annoyed at it really. Um, just because obviously I, I knew I was in control, and from then on, I'm in complete control. But obviously, the manager was a little bit wary, and he thought I might be riled up and might get sent off, but. Yeah, I, I just think it's a little bit. I don't know. I'm. I'm I, cer- I certainly feel I'm not going to do anything stupid. I'm not going to whatever. But it's just the perception I've got. Mm. Well, you are a very Neil Warnock type player. I think a lot of people have said that in in just on on Twitter in general when we've spoken about you. Um, and he called you a gem uh, the the other week in the press. So, what is it being like working under him? What's the dynamic like between the two of you? No, really, really enjoyable. I get on really well with him. Um, Again, I think there's there's a perception of him, but he treats people really well. You, you can speak to him. Probably a little bit different to what you'd expect, to be honest. Um, you know, if if ever you used to have a problem, you could speak to him personally and, you know, he'd help you with it. So it's been really enjoyable. He's obviously got a lot of promotions on his CV. Um, for a while, he spoke about the next season, the season coming up. For a while, he spoke about it and this is what's going to happen. And, and hopefully um, it can be another promotion on the CV. But it, it has been enjoyable. Um, training is really good. It's, it's a real professional setup. Probably something people may not associate with Neil Warner, but it's really professional. Obviously, his skills are is a great uh, man motivator and, and things like that. So it's been really enjoyable. Is he as hot-headed on the touchline and in the dressing room as what was shown in that Sheffield United documentary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good man. I think that was in his younger days. No, he, he can be, but to be honest, he's quite he's quite cool in terms of he gets over things fast. He doesn't dwell on things, and you can see like there's some things I see of him where you think, yeah, I can see why he's been so successful um, because he, you know, he doesn't he doesn't dwell on things too well. He's always about the next one. He's been good to work for. Well, in terms of you sort of spoke about it a little bit earlier, in terms of the dressing room, um, how how is the dressing room? Because I think Cabano was talking to Craig Johns of the Gazette the other day and said it's the best that he's been in. So, from your perspective, what is the dressing room like at Borough? Yeah, it's a good dressing room. It's um, it's a lot of younger guys, um, so it's a different it's a different dynamic. Um, at Wigan, there was there was more older guys, more senior players, so it's a complete different dynamic to that. But it's a it's a good set of group. It's a good group. Everyone works hard. Um, again, it's quite a young group. I don't know if he's going to bring in a couple more 
experienced lads. I think he is, but it's a good dynamic. Everyone's behind each other. There's no sort of clicks or anything and everyone gets on really well. So it's a good atmosphere. Looking back over uh, particular moments of the last season, the Swansea away game must have been a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. You, you got your your first goal in a game, but it, it ended so mired in, in controversy and injustice. Yeah, it, it was crazy, really, because we probably should have beat them. So to look like with Drew was okay, not bad, and and then the ref had gone over on the time as well, and then he, he just made that decision, so it was crazy, and he come out at the end of the game saying. He should have blew because it was over time. So I just think he was so flustered during the game with the decisions he made. And it, it was crazy, really. But it, it was disappointing because, you know, that could have been like a massive win for us in terms of momentum. And and I look at Swansea now in the, in the playoff final. But yeah, it, it was great to get my first goal. But it was disappointing we didn't get all three points, never mind, not even a point. But I think that was a difference, really. Um, are you. You know, he's I mean he's scored this season, scored over twenty this season. He's had a brilliant season. I think their whole tactic just keep it solid and give the ball to him really and it's worked. It's got him into a championship uh player final, but it was a good game and um, yeah, he's a quality player. How would you have said the uh, the dressing room was after the game, that game? Because I know that weekend that was probably one of our more uh, angry podcasts <laughs> uh, listening back to us. It, it was crazy, really. There was just there was lots of shouting and whatever, and people going, what's going on? Because I remember at the time, you see. So everyone was like, why have you give it? Because he, he give um, the corner first, didn't he? Yeah. He give the corner, <laughs> then he's give the penalty. And then he started saying something like, I can't remember the names, so correct me if he's like, oh, Chris told me, Chris told me. So I was like, where's Chris? Where's Chris? <laughs> so everyone's sprinting at the linesman. You know, did you give it? And he's saying, no, 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 I didn't give it. So everyone's back sprinting at the ref. He said he didn't give it. He said, no, no, I'll give it. So he's changed his story now. So it was just like, it was just crazy to be honest because no one wanted to admit to it to make it even worse. Um... So yeah, it was it was a bad weekend for us all. Definitely not surprised. No one wanted to admit to that decision. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know everyone was just trying to pass the blame, and no one wanted to take responsibility. Going on to uh, a slightly cheerier uh, subject. So Neil Warnock's pre-seasons kind of uh, kind of legendary. The uh, he, he talks a lot about taking the team down to Cornwall to train. He cooks a barbecue for everyone at his house. So you signed quite late on in the uh, the last summer transfer window, so you will have missed out on that. Are you looking forward to your, your first Neil Warnock pre-season? <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, he, he's got a formula, hasn't he? He's got a formula which he fully believes in, um, which he wants to do every season. Um, so hopefully it'll be good. Hopefully it'll be some good fun, good team bonding. And it looks like we're going to have quite a few new players in as well. So it'd be good to get everyone in together. Um, I think it is important having a having a good dressing room and hopefully to start something good. It's all in the barbecue. It's all in the barbecue, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we've switched uh, switched formations a few times this season as well, uh, switching between a four and five at the back in times. Um, do you have any preference in the formation uh, we've been playing at parts this season? Um, well, up until this season, I've always liked to play in a four. Um, but I think for some reason... The five probably suits us a little bit better. 
think we look a little bit more solid. Um, whether that's down to personnel, I don't know. Um, so I think it's something that he's he's going to think of. Obviously, Grant and Dale have hardly played here, have they? So you've got two dominant centre-halves in there as well. So it'd be interesting to see what he does with that. But yeah, I think this season, we've looked better five at the back. Um, and, and again, uh, typically, I've, I've never really enjoyed playing five at the back. I haven't played much when I've played it. I haven't liked it, but I've, I've preferred us playing five at the back. Uh, who in the teams impressed you most, uh, both on the pitch and on the training ground since you came in this year? Um, Patrick Carey on, on Twitter actually asked a, a similar question when we, we put that out. Um, Playing-wise, um, Dale Fry. Dale's impressed me the most because, you know, you look at him and you think, yeah, he's, he's got everything. He can defend. He's got enough pace. He's, he's got a good passing range. He wins everything in the air. So he's really impressed me. And Duncan as well. Duncan Watmore's another one. Just because of what I thought I was going to see to what he is, I think he's, he's gone away. He's worked at his game. And you see, like, different crosses and shots. They always seem to fall to him. I think he's very instinctive and I think he's worked on that to be honest it, it is instinct but I think he's worked on that and he snuffs out goals and he's got really clever movement so it's good for a midfielder to play which is really good um, on the training ground um, I'd say Yannick's impressed me the most in terms of someone who he's obviously played at the highest level got a big move um, played numerous times in the Premier League but still that hunger and that desire and really model professional really so he's definitely the player who's impressed me in the training ground the most On a similar note is there anyone you think uh, on the pitch we maybe haven't seen the best of yet and who we should be looking out for next season? Um, I think who haven't seen the best of I mean, who could probably who could probably give you the most money to bribe for for this probably for this answer? To be honest, no. Actually, I'd probably say um, fish um, because he's coming quite late and he's had he's had one or two injuries, but he's another really he's a really good competitor. He's a really good player. Um, he's he's solid. He's good in the dressing room. I think he's going to impress people this next season. Definitely have to agree with that. I think he's probably still got Todd Cantwell in his back pocket from his uh, his debut, I think. Yeah, that, that's what he can do. I think 1v1 is really aggressive, he's really good, and I think that's, that's, his, that's his game. Uh, who would you say the, the biggest characters in the squad are? Um, in, in terms of characters, um, I think for a young lad, Tab's quite a big character. Tab's lively. He's, um, he's a good guy. Um, Yannick's a massive character. When he's come in, he's, 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 he's loud, but in a good way, <laughs> in a good way, very expressive. Um, obviously, we had Brit and Fletch, two, two big characters, two cool guys, um, not, not overly loud, but, you know, big characters. Um, I think this season, like, well, certainly when I was signing for the club, that was one of the big reasons, really, seeing them two. I thought, right, okay, two proven goal scorers, so good characters and good players. Um, Nigel Pearsall uh, on Twitter actually asks uh, a similar question to, to this next one. Uh, what targets do you you think you can be setting yourself for, for next season? Or do you have any personal goals for the upcoming season? Obviously, you mentioned earlier getting a, a few more assists. Is that top of the list? Or yeah, definitely, definitely more assists, more goals. Um, 
just saying, if I, if I stay injury free, then I'll, I'll definitely get that plus more. So for me, it's just just staying fit, doing everything I can to stay fit. Um, it's given me a good opportunity to work on different things. So come pre-season, I'm come back flying. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you will. Sam, to be honest, and we're gonna move on to like fan questions because when when we said you were you were you were coming on, uh, we got quite a lot of questions in our DMs. Uh, we whittled the, whittled a few down because some were quite similar. Um, but before we go on to that, Fletch could potentially be moving to uh, Watford. Um, obviously, yeah, you, you probably won't know much about it, but it must be, it's a great move for him, surely. Um, you know, move, yeah, unbelievable move. I, I feel sorry for Fletch to be honest. Yeah. Because- He's had his injury. He'd come in and for a couple of games, he was great when he played Huddersfield. Mm. Um, where did he play? Reading away. Um, yep. Someone else, can't remember. And he, he played really well and it was like, wow, okay. And then he got injured in the, he felt something before the game, got injured. Then after that, we didn't see him again. Um, but again, really nice guy. Really nice guy. Really humble. You know, gets head down, works hard. Um, and if that comes off, then that, that's an amazing move for him, isn't he, in the Premier League? Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. I mean, everyone wants to play at, at the top. But in, in terms of Brit, I know it, it was very similar as well. Injuries. Yeah. I, I probably, uh, from a fan's perspective, I don't think we played with strengths as much as what we probably could have. Um, I, I suppose him, is, is his movements about anywhere? Do you think he could uh, he could move somewhere? Um, I, I don't know. To be honest, uh, Brit again, though, really, really nice guy. Really nice mm. guy. Quite guy. Laid back nature. Um, I think. Like I think you got end, like a bit of like an, or some unnecessary stick. Yeah, massively, massively. Yeah. I mean, in my area, there's a lot of Middlesbrough fans, and hmm. the first person when I talk about is Brit. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like I don't know. I think it was a big money signing, and people want to see this. You know, this animal, don't they? And this, you know, this raging bull. But that's just not his nature. It's not him. Um, he needs plays behind and playing in a way that sort of service to get the most out of him. If you don't give him that, it's going to be hard for him. So he could, he could go into a team and do really well um, stylistically if it's right. Um, but I think obviously he's been here a couple of years, had so many different managers. Um, but, but again, good guy. He wasn't for the want of trying. Good guy. I think there's a bit of a misconception about him in my opinion. I've, I've only got nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah, well, it's absolutely, uh, probably absolutely 100 percent true. To be honest, like, the, the the misconceptions definitely there. But then also playing the strengths, we've we've mentioned it quite a lot on the pod over like the last year that it probably what it's it's not really been his fault at times because when he first came in, it was Gary Monk, and then it moved to Pulis, which yeah. this a striker probably doesn't get a touch under a Tony Pulis. So I mean, he's done he's done fairly well with that one. Then obviously with with Wookie and then with Warnock as well. So it's been quite difficult for him. Um, but we'll move on to fan questions. Um, and, and Danny Beamore said, what's a typical day in your football life playing for Borough? Like your daily routine? Do you have any superstitions? Uh, no, not superstitions really. Just just habits really. Typical day, you'd, you'd be in for um, maybe 8.45, 9. You'd be half an hour to 45 minutes in the gym. You'd do your pre-hab, your activation work, a little bit of strengthening work. Um then you'd be outside 10.30, typically 10.30 start. you train for maybe an hour and a half, do weather sessions, usually like passing drills, possessions, games. Then there might be patterns of play, um, diff- different things like this. And then some people will maybe practice finishing or passing or individual things, whatever they need to work on. 
and then typically you'd have lunch at 12 um, then at half one you'd be depending on what day it is if it's like typically a Monday Tuesday or Thursday you'd be back in the gym everyone will have their own program so whether it's strength development power development speed work whatever it is their individual programs and you'll have people to assist you with it um, and then you, you're probably done around three four and in, in that as well you can obviously get treatment um, soft tissue or, or, or different things like that uh, on a Friday typically it's a shorter day on the way to the game so but still an emphasis on the gym but it'd be more like stretching mobility making sure you're fresh for the Saturday so typically they're the days um, on, the, on the next question of it it's from Charlie White um, and he said I'd love to know how you felt about the club before you, sa- uh, before you signed um, what, what were your ambitions with the club uh, over short and longer term well it's it's a massive historic club hasn't it you know there's legendary names who've played for the club um, mm. it, it's a huge club um, and obviously with this manager there as well he's, he's got a track record of promotion and typically Middlesbrough has always been top champ prem, hasn't it? Always, you know. So when you go to Middlesbrough, there's there's a demand to be up there. And I'm sure when the fans get back, we'll hear the demands. From them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, so like going going in, it was you know it's a huge club. It's something I want to be a part of. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to having the fans there and hopefully being at the right end of the table. Yeah, on the fans, um, to give you a disclaimer, it's it's very emotional. It's probably the it's probably the best word to say. To be honest, I mean, like it's uh, passionate, passionate. Yeah, passionate and emotional is uh is probably the two words we can probably say about that. Uh, but you'll probably find out in a, in, a, in a few weeks anyway. So, uh, but on the next question, uh, Charlie, uh, who's on tour, and he said, uh, "We've won. I'm expecting to bring in another eight players this summer." I, I don't know how Charlie's got uh, the eight players like, but must be ITK. Um, but how hard is it to to get to gel as a squad with so many new personalities joining um, and preparing for a promotion push? So, if if we were to bring in eight players, uh, Sammy, um, how hard is it for a squad to gel and with so many new personalities? To be honest, it just depends what characters like. Everyone's different. Um, there's some people who, for example, like Yannick or like Cabano, you know, you probably chuck them into any environment and straight away they'll be at home within day two or day three. Um, but it just depends. Person, some take a lot longer. And then it's obviously your family settling in the area, your kids settling in the area. So there's all these external factors which play a big role. Um, obviously the quicker the signings are done the better if you can get them on the pre-season if you can get them on, on board whatever it's a lot better um, now typically in football a lot of the time they seem to happen late don't they so yeah. again it's just the characters and then it's up to the team to make sure the person's settled that they're enjoying themselves and, and hopefully quit really but you know a lot with anything if you bring in eight players you know the stats will tell us a few are settling quickly do well few will be okay and a few may struggle that's just the reality of it now if we get all the lads who settle in straight away hit the ground running then amazing but it doesn't really work like that does it mm. you've managed you've mentioned Janet quite a lot um do you feel like he's going to be quite a big miss in the dressing room because he's definitely a big personality online as well yeah no i i really enjoyed Yannick to be honest Really enjoyed him. Um, I just think the hunger's still massively there. Even not not that he's old, but 
We'll cut that bit out. We'll cut that bit out. <laughs> He's hit heights in his career, hasn't he? Like he's yeah. got a 30 million move to Everton and whatever. So maybe being at Middlesbrough will step down to that. But like you see his his motivation and and how he trains and his passion and he yeah, he, he's really impressive. Yeah. Loves the game of Uno as well. And so does Kabano apparently. <laughs> Yeah, no, he loves it. He loves it. He's competitive, so he loves he loves all the games. But he's been good to have in the dressing room. To be fair, I've enjoyed him. Yeah, I mean, he loves his Korean chips as well, Dennis. So I mean, <laughs> as soon as you get that date sorted, it'd be fine. Um, but then a couple of last questions. Um, is one from Jack, uh, and he was from he's on Instagram, and he said, "Who inspired you to play football?" Um, growing up, it was probably in my area. A lot of people played, and I had three older brothers as well, so. Generally, just getting into that really, and then I found an enjoyment. I liked it. Um, I was quite good at it as well when I was younger, and, and it just just continued really. And then it's obviously Wolves going to watch the games. I'll always remember, you know, watching the likes of Paul Ince, Alex Ray, Colin Cameron. You know, these were the players back then when I really started to get into it, and just just developed really, and just enjoyed it. But it was probably not bringing at Wolves. Um, a lot of my friends played, and yeah, being in the academy was a big thing. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And then the final question from that from the fans is this: uh, Lockie McIntyre. Um, he says, "Who's the who's the funniest person at the club?" I feel like you can take your own title if you can take title if you want, Sammy. Or are you going to give it to someone else? Um, the funniest person at the club. Um, who's the funniest person at the club? Probably in different ways. I, I find Mendes really funny because okay. he's quiet, but he just comes out with his one-liners. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so M- Mendes is funny. Um, Bowl- Bowls is funny as well. Again, doesn't mean to be funny, but he's a good character, and I find him funny as well. Yeah, he's got that fantastic smile as well. Um, but the final, we've got a couple of closing questions uh, for you, for you, Sammy. Um, one um, is after your career. This is this is obviously uh, premature, of course. But it, what what does what does the future look like for you? Is, is coaching something that you probably want to get into, or are you happy to ride off in the sunset? No, co- coaching, definitely, yeah. Definitely, I need to yeah. do my badges, to be fair, but it's something I've I've always enjoyed, the different side of it, um, mm. the, the the motivational side of it, the coaching side of it. So that's definitely something I'll look to get into, um, trying in my badges, try and gauge sort of. I think it's a complete different skill set to being a player, to being a coach. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter what sort of play you are as a coach, it, it sort of goes out the window. Um, I've had ex-players who play at the highest level and who as coaches didn't offer much and then I've also had coaches who play conference level who are top top coaches so it's a completely different skill set so definitely stay in football but just trying to develop and build that skill set really yeah absolutely when, when I've spoke to coaches in the past um, they've said they've found it they, they, they kind of make a choice between youth coaching and, and adult coaching do you feel like adult coaching might be the route you want to go down yeah adult coaching but also but also developing players as well yeah. but you can still develop first team players yeah, absolutely uh, I think the way probably the Germans coach is a lot different to the way the English coach um, so a, a, a lot of it player development and things like that so yeah but definitely on a first team level I think the younger level wouldn't really wouldn't really 
get me going, to be honest. So, you know, definitely that first. Patience. It's just patience, you know, like everyone trying to run after the ball and like yeah. there's more positional play. Yeah. I understand exactly what you mean on, on, on that one. Um, but I mean, you've got Neil Warnock there. You've got, you've got Paul Cook as well. So, I mean, there's two ex- very experienced coaches. So I'm assuming you'd be in the, you'd be in the DM straight away as soon as, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to get the, uh, get the coaching badges to give you the answers. Um, but one final question, um, it's from the players. And we, we asked this question to everyone that comes on, um, but from the players that you've played with so far in your career, uh, what is your five aside team and two subs? You, you can have yeah. two subs if you want. Okay. What, with the goalie or without a goalie? Uh, with the goalie. So be one goalie for okay. field players. Um, Goalie, I'd go UC Askelainen. Um, okay. I played with him till the end of his career, but such a competitor, you know, such a professional, still really good, really good with his feet, really enjoyable to play with him because at the time at Wigan, it was the manager wanted like total football. So the goalkeeper <laughs> didn't want him to kick it. So he, he was really good, uh, really good in there and really enjoyed him. Um, centre half, I'm going to go. I think I'm gonna probably go Dale. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I I think that much of him really. I just think he's. I was gonna say Hagazi. Um, mm. he's really good to play, but no, I like Dale. But Dale's only so young as well, isn't he? But mm. he's very he's very professional as well. I think his mentality is probably what impresses me the most. Not mentality as in this screamer or shout or whatever, but just mentality as in just this quiet confidence where. He knows what he's doing. He, he's got he's got a vision. So I'd go Dale. Um, two midfield, I'd go first one, Reese James. Yeah, baller. Um, I played in midfield with him for half a season at Wigan. He, he's an amazing player. Um, I mean, it, it was funny, really. I'll always remember we'd signed him on loan and he was only 18. And he's coming as a right back. He's coming to be a backup right back because our right back just wouldn't play with the season. And I remember I come in a little bit late from the World Cup. And as I've come in, the players were saying, wow, he's going to play for England. He's going to play for England. And I was like, you know, it's a bit of a premature opinion, you know, only a few weeks in, but his quality straight away was just amazing. Amazing quality. Very humble, worked hard to reach James. Um, the next player would probably be the most talented player I've played with, Nick Powell. Yep. Um, very very talented player um, can use both feet powerful good in the air quick you know had absolutely everything I think when he went to Man United someone said he was going to be a replacement for Skulls you know that's how highly the thought of him um, obviously he's had a lot a lot of injuries a lot of serious injuries a lot of serious knee injuries which slow you down even now to be honest I think he could play in the Premiership in my opinion he could play in the Premiership mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's, he's, a, he's a without a club, I think, at the moment. I think no, Stoke. Still, still at Stoke. Yeah. I was a bit unsure if he was out of contract or not, but no, no, no. He said, I think, I think he's got a year left. Still at Stoke, um, but again, top player. Um, then up front, I'd probably say Mami Salah. Okay. Has to be, has to be. <laughs> yeah, no, Who's he, that? He, he, <laughs> he was. Um, he was sensational, sensational player, world class, um, amazing. The criticism he gets is, you know, one goal off golden boot. Yeah, he's still underappreciated. Mm. Um, you know, may it's a case, isn't it? Maybe if he moves on, maybe he'll start getting the recognition he deserves. 
Um, I mean, what's what's a bigger move than Liverpool? Or really, like you're at the the elite of the elite. Really, I think there's only what. Oh God, who can who can you say is bigger? Do you know what I mean? Than than those type of clubs, or like a Real or like a Barca, um, maybe. That's like, it. City, mate. Obviously, it's Paris Saint Germain, like that yeah. sort. Of, there's probably only them four clubs, isn't there? <clears throat> um, but yeah, but but maybe that. Maybe you'll say I don't know. So him there. Um, next play, I'm gonna go um, Gary Roberts. Yeah. Um, I played with Gary. I, I played with him at Chesterfield and at Wigan. I played them for years. Really, I played them four years, and like, even last season at 35, he was still putting in some really, really impressive performances um, at 35 years old and top player, um, really, really good professional, not in a sense of Mr. Professional, but in a sense of great to have around the place. Um, you know, really enjoyable and uh, yeah, good to have. Yeah. And you can have one more player if you want one, if you don't, you don't have to um, pick, pick yourself. No, I'm sure myself. <laughs> um, last player I'd go for. Oh, I'd probably go Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore. Yeah, Kiefer. He, he first half of the season he had a slow season, and then second half of the season he was absolutely unbelievable. Mm. Uh, he moved to Cardiff. I I thought he was going to get a Premiership move again because again he's he's six foot four. He's fast. He can finish. He's got a great touch. Um, he's a he's a top top player and. I think he won't be long before he gets a good move to a Premiership team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we we were heavily heavily linked with him for the majority of that summer, um, and then obviously he got he got the move to Cardiff, and he, he's done he's done very very well there. Um, but I'm assuming the team name is probably the San Marzi Express, um, since we've we've already created um, the the Express train now, and I feel like there's a lot of fans on there. So, I mean, there's a lot of fans that probably want to to hear your story over. Over your, over your career so far um, I know we didn't really touch on Barnsley too much I know you, sent, you, you did the spell there but did you enjoy the spell at, at Barnsley? Yeah I loved it Lo- loved it I was I was there for the first half of the season and um, really memorable time really really enjoyed it under Hecky he's yep. interim manager at Sheffield United at the moment had an amazing time um, I was close to signing actually close to yep. signing but unfortunately the owner wasn't hostile at the time he was seriously ill um, so we just couldn't agree. Like everything was sorted, but we just waited to agree. Because as I said, I was there for six months. Mm. I think it was eighth in the league at the time. We had a great team. Um, you wanted to sign, was close to signing, and then it didn't happen. Then obviously it went back to Wigan, and obviously Barnsley fans always give me stick to this day. Oh, you went for the money, you went for whatever. <laughs> when in actual fact, I was trying to sign. Yeah. Um, and then I made a comment. The other day when we played Barnsley, which the fans weren't happy about, the style of play. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why they were so annoyed about it. To be honest, because unique style of play, it could mean anything, couldn't it? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea what you what you're getting up there. So I'm be honest, not a clue. Um, it went straight off my head. <laughs> you, know, you know, it was interesting with that though when I said that. Right, so when I played at Barnsley, we had a really good team. Yep. I mean, we played really good football. Now, the way they play now is super, super direct, isn't it? Mm. Super direct. Yeah. So, in the playoff game, I remember someone's just hooked it in the channel, like, to no one or whatever. Because, obviously, that's what they're saying to do. Someone's hooked it. And you could hear the fans. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
they're thinking the same as what I'm thinking. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I'm really <clears throat> to be honest, really enjoying my time there and looking forward to playing against the next season. I'm sure I get a big round of applause. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like there'll be uh, they'll be calling you a gem, and they won't be calling you what Mickey Adams called what Mickey Adams calls you for sure. Um, but no, it was obviously a good time at Bantam. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that you you enjoyed it, and you you did, you did go back to Wigan in the end, and made, yeah. obviously you, you did come on uh, to Middlesbrough eventually. But Sam, uh, thank you so so much for for joining us. I, I really appreciate you coming on and giving us your time, especially when you're in the off season as well. And I wish you all the best uh, for next season, the career your career now at Millsborough, and if you ever choose to move on uh, with that as well, moving into coaching. Um, so really do appreciate. I'm so fun. No worries at all. Um, we're all aboard the the San Marzi Express. I'm absolutely the, the conductor for that. Um, <laughs> so so don't worry about that. But Sam, thank you so much, uh, guys. Uh, if you've been watching the podcast on YouTube or uh, listen to us on our Apple Podcasts or the podcast apps, thank you very much f- for joining us. And don't forget to give us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts as well. That helps us get found and other Borough fans find us too. Uh, but this has been the Borough Breakdown podcast with Sam Marzi, and that was all your master chatter in a pod. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.